The market analysis segment is coming your way in seconds. I'm Josh Bittner, producer at Market to Market. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. This is the Friday, March 11, 2022 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. A WASDI report, weather in South America and the war in Ukraine all pulled on the market in different directions. For the week, the nearby wheat contract fell back 103, while May corn improved 8 cents. Cuts to production numbers in South America and a drought continue to support soybean prices as the May soybean contract rose 16 cents. May meal added 16.70 per ton. May cotton expanded 4.72 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, April Class 3 milk futures added 35 cents. The livestock sector ended on an up note. April cattle put on 152. April feeders added 73 cents, and the April lean hog contract moved to 28 higher. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index added 56 ticks. April crude oil fell 5.86 per barrel, a drop of 5.1 percent. COMEX gold rose 18.30 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index dropped more than 29 points to finish at 732.70. Joining us now to provide some insight on all of this is John Roach. Hi, John. Good to see you. Hi, Brooks. Nice to be here. Yeah, well, we'll dive right in. So we saw um, Tuesday wheat peak and then come back down. Um, considering everything that is happening, especially with the uncertainty in Ukraine, why don't we see wheat go even higher? Why hasn't it gone higher and higher? Well, the prices moved up to record high levels before they uh, stopped their decline, and they did it in, in a pretty exciting fashion. We were limited up uh, for several days in a row. Um, prices in the United States are actually a little bit higher than uh, what they are in the rest of the world. It, we, we just got out a little ahead of ourselves here. And so the, um, uh, the market kind of softened to, to come down to equalize itself with the rest of the world. When you have the, uh, a market that's reacting to the war situation that we have, uh, it, uh, it becomes extremely volatile. And, uh, uh, and at these high price levels, uh, the volume of trade uh, can get to be uh, uh, quite unpredictable. With that volatility, is wheat still considered a wild card? Do you think it's a wild card? Well, you have to uh, make a decision about what they're going to do with the crop or what they'll be able to do with their crop uh, in uh, Ukraine. Uh, the wheat uh, is uh, reaching a stage where it needs to be fertilized uh, in order to, It's because most of their wheat crop there is a winter crop, so it's already in the ground, but it needs to be fertilized. And uh, uh, and the question is how they'll be able to get that job done uh, in the midst of the conflict that's going on, and, and will the fertilizer be available? Uh, so the attitude is that we're going to reduce the crop there uh, sharply, uh, but we don't know to the extent. And it, and it could possibly be that we lose most of it, or it's possible we could just lose a portion. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, uh, the, the market has to trade this almost on a daily basis as we're getting the news from the area. And, uh, and the news has been quite erratic. Yeah, so many unknowns. So China is reporting that its winter wheat uh, conditions are worse than ever. Um, how will this impact the market moving forward? Well, China is a big, very big wheat producer, and uh, and and you're right. They're they're uh, signaling that their crop uh, is in trouble. 
Uh, and, uh, and we also have uh, our hard red winter crop in this country uh, suffering uh, from dry conditions. So, uh, uh, and, and, and we have dry conditions up in, uh, in some of the northern, re- northern regions as well for the spring crop. So we really have uh, a, a real dicey situation that uh, any way that we work the numbers through, we're going to have to reduce the demand, ration the demand, uh, with price, and and so the question becomes one: what what price does that take? And um, and markets uh, will be searching that price out uh, really on a weekly basis as we go forward, and we and we start to fill in some of the blanks about crop sizes in various locations. All right. Well, moving on to corn. Corn, on the other hand, was down and then ended up. Um, moved back up. Was there something in the WASDE report that was out on Wednesday that caused this? Um, perhaps the, the, the corn number was the, the uh, carryout number going into next year uh, was a little bit larger, but, but not substantially larger than what was anticipated. Uh, the uh, uh, ethanol production is going to be a little larger uh, and uh, exports will be a little bit larger. Uh, they did reduce the carryover numbers compared to what they were last month, uh, but that was pretty much adjusted into the traders' ideas. Uh, the, so when the government report did not uh, give us too big a supplies, the buyers that have been uh, supporting the market came right back in and, and bid prices right up toward the, the highs here at the end of the week. All right. Well, Brazil was out with its corn production numbers, its estimate, and it was a little different from what the USDA had sort of been estimating. How will this impact prices going forward? Is corn done being high? Well, I think that uh, we're actually moving into a little dicier time of year for the Brazilian crop. That's a second uh, crop which has been planted uh, really over the past 30 to 45 days, uh, with some of it still being planted. And so uh, that crop uh, has its full um, uh, risk, if you will, uh, ahead of it. Uh, They've had pretty good rains in most of Brazil on the second crop corn after being very dry earlier, uh, but uh, but it's still quite a a risky proposition. And when the rains stop in Brazil, they they tend to just stop. And last year when that occurred, we really had big crop losses there on that second crop corn. So that's still at risk and will be at risk for the next 45 days. And the market's gonna respond to that. Okay. Well, the cash and the futures markets have been doing two different things. When are we going to see those to kind of come a little closer or be a little more even? And how, how will that play out? Well, the, the, uh, the buyer of, of grain from a farmer uh, has uh, big increases in their cost. Uh, the cost of hedging, uh, the, uh, the risk in, in hedging, uh, the, uh, the cost of transportation, uh, the cost of, of dryer gas, uh, and they're handling a much higher price product. So if, if you lose a, a, a percentage, it's a, a lot more dollars than what that same percentage was a year ago or more. And so the basis levels uh, have widened out uh, to compensate for that. The basis had been very narrow and been, had been very tight very strong, uh, but it uh, has softened as the buyers have had to take a little bigger margin in order to uh, to provide for their extra cost. We've heard rumors. Is China looking to buy U.S. corn? They really haven't been buying corn. They've been steady buying um, uh, beans, 
uh, both old crop and new crop beans, but they've really been slow in, in their corn buying. Uh, and um, uh, But we anticipate that, uh, uh, that, that they'll be back in the market. Uh, that remember they had a pretty good crop this past year and so they haven't needed to reach out quite so much as they, they had in prior years. All right. Well, Brazil said this week as well that the harvest is lower than USDA estimates. And we've been asking analysts who've, who have been on the show for a while now, is the crop really smaller than everyone thinks? Well, the, 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 it's smaller than the government forecast. Uh, the, um, uh, the attitude is the Brazilian crop will be somewhere in the low 120s. Uh, and uh, and the government is not down to that level yet. So uh, uh, everybody uh, uh, reduced their estimates, and the government actually had a smaller estimate than the trade. But most everybody believes that the crop is really smaller than the government estimate, and the private estimates are more accurate down in the low 120s. Well, export sales were down. What's holding that back? Uh, the um, uh, export business, uh, uh, we actually had pretty good uh, 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 sales this week. Uh, they've been down uh, uh, because the, the demand uh, softens a little bit uh, at the higher price levels. Um, uh, the soybean demand has carried stronger here uh, longer. Uh, and we had actually uh, the bean or the corn sales this week, I think, were the record for the year so far. So uh, the, um, uh, the demand is really not... Uh, uh, been hurt perhaps as much with these high prices as what you might imagine. Well, are the lower um, numbers influencing the fight over acres right now? Well, that's the, the probably the biggest USDA report we get for the year uh, is the March 31 planting intentions report. Uh, that gives everybody an, an idea of what farmers' intentions were. Um, and uh, now that may change, of course, as they get into the planting season. Uh, but uh, uh, the market has to keep a, a reasonable relationship between corn and bean prices in order for each crop uh, to secure the number of acres that are wanted by the marketplace. And this is a year when, when they want more corn and more beans. All right. Well, we have a question from social media that I meant to ask you a little bit earlier. This is from Dennis in Iowa, and he's asking if Ukrainian grain production is severely reduced in 2022, how will that affect the world grain balance sheets? Is reduced grain production in Ukraine already priced in the market? I think some of it is tied in. Um, uh, the the uh, estimates that I saw this week uh, uh, were to reduce the Ukraine crop, and it wasn't a, com a complete wipeout, but just a, a substantial reduction. And, and they went through the various, this particular economist went through the various countries and tried to find those uh, tons of crop that were lost in Ukraine. And, uh, and when it came to the bottom line, uh, there weren't enough tons. And so what it, uh, the conclusion was, we have to hold prices high enough to ration the demand. Uh, the demand is, uh, it, it, we know gets rationed, uh, but, but we don't know what that price level uh, will be. And so the market really has to ferret that out. We've only had these high prices for a relatively short period of time. In February, we had buy signals on wheat. Uh, we were down at relatively low prices. And so this is really a one-month phenomena uh, that we've experienced so far so that we don't really know how that's going to uh, uh, we know how it's going to impact we just don't know to the degree that the buyers will back away who will back away and that that's what the market has to has to figure out 
All right. Well, let's spend just a little bit of time on cotton. We'll ask you about that. The WASD left cotton alone and cut the world production uh, numbers slightly. Are supply chain issues still an issue? And are they still kind of the big driving factor on prices? They really are uh, an issue. And and, uh, uh, we had the cotton market slide down this week. Uh, We actually triggered a buy signal on cotton at the lower price levels. We think prices uh, are uh, uh, at a spot where uh, we should uh, find pretty good support and see recovery from here. Um, But the whole world uh, is uh, caught up in the in the supply chain issue, I mean, there, there's not uh, there's not a commodity or a, or an item out there that that isn't having to fight logistics. All right. Well, we have we'll move on to the meats now um, to cattle specifically. We have dropped to prices that we saw back in October of 2021. Is demand lower overall, um, or with the grilling season, will it give this market a lift? We think the market will come up, but we think that uh, uh, we had people moving cattle this week because the basis worked well. Uh, cattle futures down and the cash not down as much. And so uh, people were able to take hedges off, sell cattle and uh, and make an extra couple dollars, a hundred weight. And so we moved more cattle into the pipeline than what we would have maybe otherwise. Uh, we think that, uh, that, that we actually have had buy signals on both fat cattle and feeder cattle this week. We think prices move higher as we move into the grilling season. Okay. Are we going to see inflation impact um, the way people buy meat, buy beef? You know, the uh, the inflation numbers that we've been seeing for the last two months where you've been in the high 7% increases uh, in inflation uh, on an annual basis uh, are, uh, are sobering. They're really sobering. And so uh, we're, we're having the higher prices in, in just about everything, but particularly in food and in energies. Uh, and when you look at the impact of higher energy prices, um, taking dollars out of of people's budgets, uh, and then we have higher rents, uh, and uh, we just really are going to have a squeeze here on a lot of people's uh, budgets uh, with with the inflation, and it may turn into a squeeze um, that it may mean that they don't buy as much meat, particularly the beef, uh, at the higher uh, price levels. Uh, but but beef needs to be at a higher price level, so it's. Uh, uh, in, uh, this inflation situation uh, uh, is uh, is sobering, and there's no sign at all that it's getting any better. Well, with that said, where is there hope for the feeder market then? Well, the hope for the feeder market is that we have, you know, we've, we've, we've relatively tight numbers out there, and uh, uh, and uh, and we we are still able to, even with where feeder prices are now, uh, we're still able to. Uh, uh, if you look at the cat, what we call the cattle crush, which is buying feeders, buying feed, and selling fat cattle on a 150-day uh, ration, uh, we're in the uh, 80s, uh, upper 80s to mid 90s on profitability. So uh, uh, we think that as as uh, as time goes along, we we can move the fat cattle market up a little bit more, uh, maybe narrow the margins that the packers taking, and um, uh, and put some profits into the farmers' hands again. All right. Thank you so much, John, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Brooks. Well, that will do it for this installment of Market to Market. We will talk more in Market Plus, so be sure to join us there. You can find it on our website of markettomarket.org. 
We are entering the time when public television stations like this one are asking for your support. We may also be airing in different time slots to accommodate changes in the schedule. If you value the work of this program and your station, please consider making a gift of support now. Next week, we take a look at a startup that has made advances in preserving pollen. Thanks for watching and have a great week.